Welcome back to another episode of the Tan and J-Man Show, week three of the quarantine version. I'm Tanner Lee, along with Josh the J-Man, who is on the phone. J-Man, what's going on, man? Not much. What you been doing during these uh, quarantine days? Uh, not a whole lot. I did read, I read a book all in one day last week. <laughs> How, how many pages? 300 some, 300, low 300s. One, one day. One day. That's how bored I was. So <laughs> I did have uh, WrestleMania to watch this weekend. What channel was that on? I was looking it. Was for it was on WWE Network. Oh. So it was, uh, it was one I will never go back and watch again. Let's put it that way, since it was a two-night event without any fans or anything. And how, Yeah, how... How was that without any fans? You know, it was one of those shows you kind of you appreciate them trying to keep you entertained since this was all taped mm-hmm. two weeks ago or so, a week or two ago, but it wasn't the same. I mean, yeah. I mean, WrestleMania is the, the Super Bowl of wrestling. It's a huge event worldwide, and it just – they should have postponed it, but yeah, that's a conversation for another day, talking about Vince McMahon and his uh, business morals. <laughs> so, <laughs> But so what have you been doing to keep yourself busy? I think I watched five movies this weekend. <laughs> Anything good? Um, nothing that comes to mind. Nothing that you could recommend. No. Uh, oh, actually, actually, there was one that I thought was really good, and that was a yesterday. I think your mom actually um, requested I watch it because it's about a guy that wakes up and he lives in an alternate reality where the Beatles didn't exist. Um, so it was, it was pretty interesting. Yeah, I think my parents did recommend that. I have not it's seen it. pretty that. good. But, um, yeah, usually this podcast is one of my favorite ones because it's Master's Week. So I always like to start off with Hello Friends. Can't do that this week. <laughs> Thank uh, God. Breaking down the Final Four and previewing the National Championship game, which should be tonight. Can't do that. Um, yeah, it's just it's, kind of a depressing time. It sucks. But uh, we're here to try to keep you informed about what's going on around the sports world and uh, hopefully keep you entertained for the next hour or so. So, Well, like always, the uh, Tan and J-Man Show is sponsored by The Damn Landing. Whether you want an epic burger, hand-tossed pizza, hand-breaded tenderloin, seafood, craft beer, or a handcrafted cocktail, The Damn Landing is the place to be. The Damn Landing is a bar and grill located on beautiful Lake Manitou that focus, focuses on freshness and quality. Of course, the dam smokes every Friday and Saturday. You can get ribs. You can get steaks. If you want the ribs, you better call ahead. You better pre-order as early as Thursday. I would recommend to make sure you get those. Um, In addition, you can wash it down with one of their 16 beers on tap, including a constant rotation of today's best microbrews and domestic flavors or a handcrafted cocktail made using fresh ingredients. Once this uh, lockdown, quarantine, whatever you want to call it, is over, you can take in the fantastic views of Lake Mantle in their beer garden or outdoor bar area. Whether it be by boat or by wheels, the Dam Landing is the place to be. Located at 1305 Ewing Road in Rochester. Had the Dam Landing, what night was that? Thursday or Friday? I had the uh, Buffalo Chicken Wrap. Pretty good. Nice. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah, with some tots. Mm-hmm. Ooh, love. Did you get the loaded tots? No, just the regular. What's wrong with you? I don't know. I, I know that's the J-Man specials. When you can load it, load it, but... <laughs> Cheese, bacon, sour cream. <laughs> All the good stuff, right? The works. The works. That's right. But, uh, ready to hear some uh, birdie bogey? Yeah, I was going to ask if you got some birdie bogey ready for me. So actually, another movie I watched, it was on ESPN Friday night, but it was Glory Road. Um, Texas Western is now UTEP, of course. Mm-hmm. They're one of five schools to win the national championship 
despite not being ranked in the AP preseason poll. Can you name me the last team to do this? I will give you a hint. It has happened in the last 10 years. Okay. Wow. I'm going to have to really think about that. That's a good one, though. J-Man. <laughs> J-Man. And the Birdie Bogey Like It Is Every Week is sponsored by the Noble Gnome LLC, fresh, locally grown, nutrient-dense produce from Bryce and Katie Romine of Mintone, Indiana. You can like them on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, and check out their website, noblenomellc.com. You can get yourself a membership right now starting May through September. They're going to have beets, cabbage, carrots, cauliflower, cucumbers, eggplant, herbs, kale, kohlrabi, lettuce, melons, microgreens, onions, peppers, Radishes, salad mix, spinach, summer squash, sweet corn, Swiss chard, tomatoes, turnips, and winter squash. So I'm sure you can find something on there that you like. Get your melons. <laughs> nice change up there this week. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. You ready for some uh, On This Day? Let's hear it. We got a new sponsor for the On This Day segment. It's Proforma Print House. Are you looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting? Proforma Print House has over 50 years combined ex- experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs. You need to look no further. Let Proforma Print House be your one source print and promotional company. Call them today at 574 210 3815. And I can uh, tell you, I've worked with them before in the bank, and they are top-notch and will get you anything you need promotional-wise. Great company to work for. Give them a call today, 574-210-3815. All right, J-Man, let's uh, see what we got for sporting events on April 6th throughout time. On this day in 1896, the first Summer Olympic Games were held in Athens, Greece. American athlete James Conley became the first modern Olympic champion when he won the triple jump. The triple, triple jump, jump. The triple jump then was two hops and a jump. And he uh. was third in the long jump and second in the high jump. So he I was, was pretty. Say, did, did that like evolve into the high jump? But it clearly didn't. He, he was pretty good at jumping. Yes. Uh, on this day in 1936, the third Augusta National Invitational Tournament, later known as the Masters, was held. Can you tell me who won that? What year? 1936. Uh, Sam Snead. Good guess. Horton Smith won Never. his second Masters, one stroke ahead of runner-up Harry Cooper. Hmm. Um, on this day in 1941, the eighth Masters Tournament was held. Craig Wood won his first major title, three strokes ahead of runner-up Byron Nelson. He was also the Masters' first wire-to-wire champion. Uh, a few more Masters here. On this day in 1947, the 11th Masters Tournament was held. Jimmy uh, Demerit, I believe is how you pronounce the name, won his second Masters by two strokes over Byron Nelson. And on this day in uh, 1952, the 16th Masters Tournament was held. Sam Snead won his second green jacket by four strokes over Jack Burke Jr. You know, I think I would have got that one right if you would have asked. <laughs> well, I'll ask you this one. On this day in 1958, the 22nd U.S. Masters Tournament was held. Who won that one? I'm going to go with Sam Snead. How about Arnold Palmer? Ah. Won his first of four Masters titles, one stroke ahead of Doug Ford. On this day in 1973, uh, Roberto Clemente Day was held as the Pirates retired his number. 
he's pretty good. Yeah, really good player. Um, Died way too soon. On this day in 1977, the Keen Dome opened as the Mariners uh, lost their first game to the Angels 7-0. to The King Dome is also where Dan Marino's last career win came. Nice little fact there. I did not know that. Yes, sir. On this day in 1980, Gordy Howe completed uh, his rec- a record 26th season. That is a ton for a hockey player. For a hockey player? That's a ton in any sport, <laughs> let alone a sport where you just get the crap beat out of you. I don't know if this is still the largest crowd ever to see a baseball game, but on this day in 1982 in Minnesota, there was 52,279 in attendance to watch a baseball game. How much? 52,279. Where at? Minnesota in 1982. It's a lot of people. I don't know if that's still the most ever or not. But. I don't think so. It might be, though. On this day, 1992, the first game at Camden Field was held as the Orioles beat the Indians 2-0. My dad says that park is gorgeous. I've heard that's a really nice one. Also on this day, 1992, the 54th NCAA Men's Basketball Championship Saw uh, who win it all. 92? Yep. Year we were born. Uh, was that a UNLV year? It was not. It was a Duke year. Was was that the year Leitner hit the shot to go to the Final Four? Might have been. Duke beat Michigan 71-51, gave uh, ah. Coach K and the Blue Devils back-to-back titles. When did UNLV win? Were they the year before? I think so. Off the top of my head, that sounds right. Um Let's see. We got a couple more here. On this day in 2009, the 71st NCAA Men's Basketball Championship was held. Who won it all in 2009? 2009, that was Carolina, wasn't it? Yep, North Carolina beat Michigan Killed State Mich- up in Detroit. In Detroit, yeah. 89-72, Tar Heels' fifth national title. Ty Lawson had 21 points in that game. Yeah, Ty Lawson was a pretty good college point guard. Yes, he was. Uh, in 2010... The 29th NCAA Women's Basketball Championship was held. Who won in 2010? Well, I have a pretty good percentage chance if I pick UConn, but I don't think it's them. But I'm going to go UConn. And you are right. UConn beat Stanford uh, 53-47. UConn forward Maya Moore scored 23 points. Yeah, she was pretty good. Yeah. And also on this day back in uh, 2007, uh, UConn beat Tennessee 70-61. to Diana Trossi was... Most outstanding player for second straight year. She was also pretty good. Yeah, she was real good. <laughs> and on this day, 2015, the 77th NCAA Men's Basketball Championship was held. Who won it in 2015? Uh, that was Duke over Wisconsin, correct? You are correct. Duke over Wisconsin, 68-63. Tyrus, Tyrus Jones for the Duke had 23 points. That was a good, real good Duke team. Uh, that was a really good Wisconsin team as well with uh, – Sam Decker and Frank the Tank Kaminsky. That was in Indianapolis, um, and they seem to yes. win it every year it's in Indianapolis. Oh, I, I have actually one more on this day for you. Okay. On this day in 1994, Jim Rome kept calling Jim Everett Chris. <laughs> Former Boilermaker quarterback. Jim and Everett. he was not happy about it. He went after him. I, I still to this day wonder if that was staged or not. It It sure looked staged. Um, but at the same time, they were live, so I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's hard telling. If it was stage, it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty good, good acting. Mm-hmm. So, I I actually have another trivia question for you that just popped up on my Twitter sphere uh, involving Roberto Clemente. 
Um, there have been only four players with 3,000 career hits and 10-plus gold gloves, uh, Roberto Clemente being one of them. Can you name two of the other three? <sighs> one guy actually died today. Oh, man, I, I'm blanking. Just give it to me. I, I'll be here all day. Al Kaline passed away today at 85 didn't, years didn't old. Didn't see that. He was one of them. Okay. Uh, Willie Mays was the other. And Ichiro Suzuki Ooh, Ichiro. was before. Yeah. He's always a sneaky trivia pick. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he really is. Um, he combined in a like, Japan career and uh, career in the States, I think he'd be the all-time hits leader ever. I'm not uh, mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. He was, he was darn a, good. He was a pretty good uh, lefty stick. Darn good. I read something about him the other day, an interesting fact, and I don't remember what it was. I don't know. Hmm. Wish I would have remembered now. What do you want to start off with? I know we got uh, a few topics to hit on this evening, but uh, what do you want to start off Dude, with? I say we just start off with old uh, Matthew Harms talk. I know you're dying to uh, talk about that. Not really. Kind of bums me out, to be honest. Uh, but, yeah, uh, for everybody who doesn't know, uh, Purdue center Matt Harms, who is going to be a uh, fifth-year se- senior next year, announced today that he's entering the transfer portal. Kind of took me by surprise, at least. I think it took all Purdue fans by surprise. If you would have told me, uh, list all the guys uh, who w- would possibly transfer, I think he would have been last <laughs> for me. I, I for For some reason... I don't know if I, I – I don't know why I think this, but if, it seemed like a month ago you told me you wouldn't have been surprised if Harms wasn't back next if year. If he left to go to Europe. Oh, okay. I just it, couldn't envision him going to a different school. Yeah, that's that's kind of what my feeling of it was, that I wouldn't be surprised if he played pro somewhere rather than transfer to another school. And, and maybe he would have if the coronavirus wasn't going on. Maybe he just goes sure. back home. Yeah. Maybe that impacted because – the weird thing about this is in, in Jeff Goodman, who uh, writes, I don't know who he writes for now, if he's ESPN, CBS Sports, I'm not sure. He said Purdue was uh, taken aback by by this news. And um, two weeks ago, March 24th, Purdue basketball had a, a little social media blurb with Harms on it, and he was saying how he and his teammates can't wait to get back on the court, start working out for next year and everything. you got to think from a marketing standpoint, they wouldn't have done that if they had any indication that he was going to leave. Right. So uh, some, um, something happened not too not too long ago. Um, but uh, I, I wonder if a school behind the scenes was kind of doing a little tampering. Using well, you can use a third party. Sure, is what they call it, which is kind of how Conzo ended up getting Mark Smith and Jeremiah Tillman both uh, from Illinois. Um, so I wonder. If a school like a Kentucky, because I know you mentioned them as where you think he might end up. Uh, yeah, that's rumored that. right now because uh, he came out with a statement more or less saying that it was nothing that Purdue did or didn't do. It was he thinks a change of scenery could evaluate his game to the next level. Um, Which, it, um, you know. I, I mean, that makes sense because um, – he, he he was not as good last year as he was his redshirt sophomore year. Um, his in fact, you you said that he was playing hurt most of the year too, yeah, or at, at yeah. least you thought he was playing. Well, hurt. I mean, he got a concussion against Nebraska. He hurt his hip against Michigan. He never seemed to be fully right after that. Right. But 
it'll be a big impact for Purdue next year. I mean, he was a rim protector. Um, definitely, like you said, didn't have the year I thought he was going to have, but he also probably wasn't going to start next year. I mean, the, Travion Williams right. is Purdue's best player, at least offensively. Um, so maybe he wants to go somewhere where he's going to start. And uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see where he winds up. But uh, Kentucky's kind of being a rumored out there because they only have one big guy, and he is a senior as well. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting. We'll see. I actually just read that there are more, there have been more than 20 schools that have reached out to the, to him. Do you want to hear all 20? I don't care. We got time. Gonzaga, Minnesota, who who just picked up a transfer from Drake yesterday. Now, if he stays guy. in conference, I'll be really mad. I, I can't um, see him doing that. But they are the only conference school to have reached out. It looks like um, Oklahoma, Ohio University, Illinois State. Louisville, Kentucky, Arizona, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Arizona State, Syracuse, DePaul, South Carolina, Boston College, Seton Hall, Wichita State, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, Washington State, Utah, Oregon State, San Jose State, and Cal State Fullerton. A lot of pretty good schools. Yep. But not not every day does a center who's <laughs> played three years experience come open on the market. So right, that's, especially a guy who's seven foot three. Mm-hmm. Um, he is one of the. He probably is the best rim protector in college basketball um, right now, anyway. And um, yeah, I don't. And if he wants to get to the NBA, Kentucky be the place to go. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Cal just puts Cal out knows it. what he's yeah. doing. He just puts out draft picks, but yeah, yeah it was it was just kind of a head scratcher when it came across today. It, Shocked me and uh, just made me in a worse mood than I already am because of all this <laughs> stuff. But it's it wouldn't be a Purdue off season if something didn't go like that. I don't know. It just seems like every off season something somebody leaves or or something. And in heck, your your line I have been impacted by that. And and um, I've seen a few other schools this week impacted by transfers. Ohio State, yeah, losing um, Luther Muhammad. Muhammad saw today. And DJ Carton. Too. Yep. Michigan's losing to Julius, who was probably going to oh, be really? their point guard. Yeah. <laughs> he, he announced today he's transferring. So it just yeah, guys are uh, just transferring everywhere. That's the nature of college basketball now. It's really, I mean, the harms thing, I, I was kind of shocked that he was transferring. But at the same time, that's kind of what college basketball is now. And you almost can't be shocked by it anymore. Especially if you're going to be a grad transfer where you don't have to sit out, which right. if that rule gets voted on and passed here within the next month or two, it won't go in effect to the 2021-2022 season, but that rule would allow any transfer to not have to sit out. Then it becomes ultimate free agency. Yeah, that's which is pretty much what it is now because a lot of guys give waivers to play right away anyway, um, which I don't, I'm, I, I don't know if I necessarily like it, to be honest. Yeah, it, it's interesting for Purdue now next year, you know, They'll probably try to get a one-year fill-in, you know, a grad mm-hmm. transfer big guy, but it's kind of late in the game to go get one, um, especially if you're looking for one that's a five. Um, and if you don't, then you have Manuel Duana, who's a redshirt sophomore, or true freshman 7'3", Zach Eady, who I think they originally won a redshirt. You can try to get one of those two guys to be the backup, but I don't know if they can fill in those minutes very well. It'll be interesting. And especially with this whole um, virus thing, you're just going to have to take yeah. a chance on a guy because you're not going to be able to have any guy visit yeah. uh, for the foreseeable future. So 
it'll be an interesting year recruiting both grad transfer and um, high school kids because you won't be able to have them on campus. The AAU schedule is probably going to be just wiped out. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see how this whole thing shakes out. Yep, and then and you you watched a uh, documentary on college basketball over the weekend, didn't you? I did. Why don't you? Uh, I haven't watched it, so why don't you fill me in and our audience in a little bit about that? Um, let's see. Hopefully, I brought it up here. <laughs> here we go. I, I I did write a few notes on it. Um, so I watched the scheme, which was about that Christian Dawkins who um, got in trouble and got indicted, and it's the whole undercover FBI thing where. He was uh, essentially what he was. He was an agent. He's younger than us, though, which is the crazy thing. I didn't know that. Wild. He's, two, he's two years younger than us. Uh, he, he's just driven, far more driven than we were, than we are <laughs> to really do anything. Hey, speak for um, yourself. <laughs> but a, a few things. Um, it's amazing to me that Sean Miller of Arizona and Will Wade of LSU still have jobs. And Rick Pitino was actually hired by Iona a few weeks ago. It's just it's crazy to me because I think all three should be banned for life. Um, Miller and Wade both denied having any contact with Christian Dawkins, but both were caught on an FBI wiretap having conversations and even discussing money with him. Yeah, that's why I just, um, I cannot, and I know Will Wade probably shouldn't have a job either, but it just baffles me that Sean Miller still has a job. He pretty oh, much thought he was gone last year at the end of the year at Arizona. Yeah. So. Um, and, and the way he was talking on these wiretaps, uh, he shouldn't have a job. He should get a lifetime ban. Will Wade should get a lifetime ban. I think he's even dirtier. Um, Wade even said on the wiretaps when discussing an unnamed LSU player that was leaning towards the NBA draft that they could play pay, pay this player more to stay at LSU than he would make during his rookie season in the NBA. That's disgusting. Or, or in the G League. That's, I mean, he was he was dead serious. That, yeah, and that's the sc- I mean, geez. And uh, while Louisville was on probation because of the whole prostitute thing, Rick Pitino and his staff were still engaged in talks with Christian Dawkins, who uh, had known Brian Bowen, who was a top 25 player in the class of 2017. He'd known him for a long time. Bowen had actually played on the AAU team Dawkins had founded, and Dawkins told them that Bowen's father had said the only way Bowen was going to play college basketball was if he got paid at least six figures. <laughs> and he he got at least three six-figure offers from schools. Louisville, Creighton, and Oregon were the three that offered him six-figure. Creighton's the one deal. you would never pick out of the no, group. Oregon's got Nike money out the wazoo and, but and, and that's what dawkins was saying because pretty much the whole documentary was just christian dawkins sitting in a room telling stories that's pretty much what it was um bowen ultimately chose louisville but he never played a minute of college basketball and he played in australia in 2018 and 2019 and uh, played five games with the pacers this season actually um but is but, anything going to come out come out of any of this is the ncaa going to drop the hammer on any of these guys they they need to. Uh, there were a ton of people involved, of course, but Dawkins got the biggest punishment, which was 18 months in prison. Of course, he's um, he's uh, what the heck's the words I'm I'm looking for? He is appealing it. Okay. Um, but the NCA has done absolutely nothing, and it's an absolute joke. Um, the final question of the documentary uh, they asked Dawkins was, "What is the moral of this whole story?" 
And his response was, and I'm cleaning it up for you, F the NCAA. <laughs> That's all he said, and it was the end of the documentary. Oh. Oh. So that tells you all you need to know about uh, the NCAA. Was the documentary better than Tiger King? <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> it's it's hard to compare them. I mean, it sounds uh, like these guys fit right in with Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin. I mean, well, well, these <laughs> these, these guys at least are like super classy, wear yeah, suits yeah. every day. <laughs> you, you know, professionals. They're just dirty and and uh, man, those Tiger King guys. It's it's almost the documentary is so unbelievable. These characters are unbelievable. You don't believe it at all, and it actually happened. That's the thing it, that. Uh, it, it's crazy to me. Yeah, you summed it up well before I even started it. When I let you know I started it, you said, yeah, it's kind of like a train wreck. You can't take your eyes off it, and you feel kind of dirty afterwards. Uh, You're darn right. I felt real dirty after watching that series. But... You almost have to hop in the shower afterwards <laughs> just to get the stink <laughs> off you. Yes, yes. But, uh, uh, yeah, but thanks for filling me in and everybody else in about that because I knew that was going on, good. but I, I yeah, haven't checked it out yet. It's pretty good, and, of course, we have – I think everyone gets like free HBO or something for a month, so yeah. we'll probably be on there again. Yeah. Well, had some maybe some positive sporting news today, or at least we hope so. Uh, the PGA Tour, like I kind of when I started out, this is usually Masters Week. It was announced when we could uh, expect to see the PGA Championship, U.S. Open, Ryder Cup, and Masters today. Uh, the PGA Tour, as of white right now, is hoping to restart play with or without fans in the middle of June. And then from then on, the PGA Championship would be the first major play. That would be in August 6th through 9th, still at TBC Harding Park in uh, San Francisco. It was supposed to be scheduled in May, which it's interesting because the PGA Tour or the PGA Championship was always played in August till last year when they or the last two years when they <laughs> moved it to May. So now it's back in kind of its original spot. The U.S. Open will be moved to September 17th through 20th at Wingfoot, which is in New York. That was previously going to be held in June. The very next week would be the Ryder Cup, September 27th through or 25th through 27th at Whistling Straits in Wisconsin. And then the Masters, which, of course, is supposed to be held in April, will be moved from uh, November 12th through 15th. And the British Open is canceled. It is not happening this year till 2021. Sure. The RNA announced that that's usually played in July. I don't really know why they didn't try to postpone it, but they said they went through every option available and couldn't figure anything out. But uh, if yeah, if these go, all go through, it could be a um, a wild golf season towards the end of the year. And that'll be interesting to have the Masters on the same day as NFL games are going on. And I think that's the reason the PGA came out and announced all these dates. This gives because the NFL is not releasing their schedule till May this year. It's usually oh, in April. Really? They're doing it in yeah. May. This gives them extra time to figure out their TV times. Because <laughs> the Masters, it'll be light in November in Georgia, probably till like five thirty ish. No, in November maybe five thirty ish. So yeah. the NFL, you don't probably do any early kickoffs on CBS. You do four yeah, thirty kickoffs. Smart. Yeah. Um, there are. They might end up having to do what they did last year because the storms and stuff play it in the morning. And, Could be. Um, because, I mean, it, it's going to get dark later there. Yeah. I think everything will be on the table, but it's uh, pretty neat from a golf fan perspective that if it does happen in November, then you only have to wait till April for another Masters. 
Yeah. But the the thing that they've got to figure out is, and I haven't read deeply enough to know how it impacts this, is for the guys in the Masters and everything, do those points go towards the new FedEx Cup? Because by that time, the FedEx Cup will be wrapped up, and the new one for a 2020-2021 will have already began. Does the Masters go towards that, or does it just <laughs> is it exempt from the points? Because if so, then you're going to have two Master tournaments go to the same championship. Yeah, I, I don't see how that can happen. So, but uh, it'll be really cool, especially if fans can come back to these events, um, particularly the U.S. Open in September in New York, which New York's just a, their golf fans are nuts up there. And then the very next week would be the Ryder Cup, which is always the biggest fan event. Mm-hmm. And in particular, if these are some of the first events that fans can go back to, the atmosphere would be incredible. Oh, it'll be packed. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But it it is nice to see some dates starting to get out there. Of course, they can always get pushed back and changed. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to see some dates actually getting out there and put on the calendar. Give Please us some give hope. Us a, I was going to say, give us a little bit of hope. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's tough to stay in that positive mindset right now. Particularly if you're a big sports fan, I mean it's uh, yeah. I mean, there's you know there's been a little chatter about MLB maybe trying to do some closed games and spring training venues, but I don't know how serious those talks are. Um, besides that, I haven't heard much about the MLB. Uh, the NHL, did you read this today? I did not. That they, they are if they can do it, play all the rest of the season and the playoffs in North Dakota. Huh. Just like quarantine every yeah. team there and just play them in North Dakota. Well, and, I su- and I suppose that's what it could come to with some of these leagues. And I'm not yes. athletes are not on a pedestal above anybody else. So don't take this the no. wrong way. But leagues have the building, the power, and the money. They could quarantine all their players and then just have them play in empty stadiums. Easily. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I- I will say I'm missing baseball a ton. However, I'm not missing the Cubs bullpen woes. So um, <laughs> your stress, so your stress is a different been, level right now. But yeah, I have completely detoxed and I'm stress free. It's beautiful. That's good. Or different level of stress, maybe, maybe not not sports related stress. And really, that's the only stress I have ever <laughs> is sports related. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty zen right now. That's pretty good. Um, also, in some sports news today, we had the NFL um, bring out their all-decade team. And uh, you want to go over that? Yeah, I actually have it up. I um, do too. So, I'll so. Do that. Um, 2010's all-decade team. There were two quarterbacks. Um, hard to argue with either guy. Yeah, well, Thomas Brady, I was going to say his middle name, but he has like four of them, I think. Um, and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, can't can't argue that. No. Uh, wide receiver, you have the head case, Antonio Brown. Um, yeah. He'd probably, he deserves to be on there because he's good enough. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, nice hands, Larry. Uh, Calvin Johnson and Julio Jones. Kind of surprised by Calvin. Really? I mean, he was really, really good. But what year did he retire? It was like 2015 or yeah, so. Yeah, that's um, half the decade. I, I yeah. 
Um, tight end, you can't really argue either. It's old Rob Gronkowski because didn't he win last night? <laughs> he won a championship called the 24-7 championship. It's kind of a mockery of a championship, oh. but it can be defended anywhere, anytime. But I will give Gronk credit. Instead of like just a roll-up pin, he jumped off a scaffolding onto a group of guys. And got the pin, so. But I, you know, all those uh, concussions he suffered over the yeah. years have—it's uh, just all scar tissue up there. He, he thought he was annoying on the NFL on, on TV. He's—he's he's worse on WWE. <laughs> I, I can't stand him when he, when he talks more than a minute. I can't stand him. <laughs> I, I can't imagine. I don't like him at all. But and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, he's a Bronco he's killer, good. but he's good. Uh, offensive lineman. I'm gonna rifle through these. Jason Peters, Tyron Smith, Joe Staley, and Joe Thomas at the tackle spot. Guard spot, you have Jari Evans, Logan Mankins, Zach Martin, who just retired. Uh, no, Travis Frederick just yeah. retired. Uh, Marshall Yanda, Yanda. At center, you have Alex Mack and Marquise Pouncey. Yeah, those are all good ones. I, I mean, I don't know enough about offensive line play to really. I don't either. I can't uh, evaluate offensive yeah. linemen. Um, at the running back spot, we got Frank Gore. Marshawn Lynch, LaShawn McCoy, and Adrian Peterson. Yeah, they're all pretty good. Um, yeah, Mar- yeah, Marshawn, LaShawn McCoy. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know who else you re- replace those guys with, though. That's what I'm trying to yeah, think no, off the top of my the head. But. There haven't been. This has been the decade where they're just the running backs haven't been nearly yeah. as good as they were the previous decade. Um, at the flex position, they have Darren Sproles. I like Sproles getting some recognition. Yeah, I I think they just um, invented that spot for him. <laughs> Probably he just retired. So <laughs> now for the defense at defensive end, which is something I have and gonna <laughs> take offense to here quick. Calais Campbell, Cameron Jordan, Julius Peppers, and J.J. Watt. It's absolutely criminal that uh, Cam Wake was not one of those four. Since 2010, Cam Wake is fourth in sacks, just one behind second place. He's fourth in QB hits. Um, he is ahead of Campbell, Jordan, and Peppers in both of those categories. He, if you compare him and Peppers together, they have Cam Wake has played 15 less games, yet he has like 12 more sacks, 30 more quarterback hits, like 25 more hurries, um, 10 more tackles for loss. It's just an absolute joke that Cam Wake wasn't on there. Uh, but that's kind of the life of being a Miami Dolphin when you haven't been relevant <laughs> 20 years, unfortunately. But uh, And Julius Peppers is a media darling, so that yeah, helps that's his true. case as well. And I Cam forget Wake's about just, him all the time, though. Cam Wake's just kind of quiet and keeps to himself. So. But that's my uh, nitpicky, nitpicking of the day, if you will. At the defensive tackle spot, you have Geno Atkins, Fletcher Cox, Aaron Donald and Dolphin and Dominican Sue. I wouldn't put him in. What was there. he? Was Dolphin. he Dolphin for two years? Two years, two years. correct. He did did play in a playoff game with him though. Yeah, I, I can't argue. All 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 those guys are good defensive tackles. Yep. Inside linebacker, the recently retired Luke Keekley, Bobby Wagner, and a guy who I completely forgot about, but he is an absolute beast and should be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and that is Patrick Willis. I forgot about him too. Yeah, completely forgot yeah. about him. Outside linebacker spot, you have three unbelievable players. <laughs> this might be the yeah. best position group in Chandler Jones, Khalil Mack, and Von Miller. Yeah, all three future Hall of Famers. Chandler Jones, have you seen his numbers the past like three years? I don't 
think he has less than 17 sacks in a season in the past three years. Yeah, he's he been unbelievable. Get the recognition the other Not two even do. close. I'm at the cornerback spot, this is also a pretty good group. Patrick Peterson, Darrell Revis, and Richard Sherman. You could, you could probably make a case for a keep to leave in there, but I don't know which one you take out. Um, I probably Revis. Take, I don't know. Revis, Revis was the best of the game there for a yeah, while. Yeah, he just didn't get a lot of action thrown um, his way. Maybe Peterson take, picks off the most balls between those three. At the defensive back spot, which I don't know why they had two different spots. No. And cornerback, uh, you could take out maybe Tyron Matthew. Yeah, he's more of a safety. He's a safety. Yeah, I mean, Chris Harris is your uh, slot corner. That's probably yeah. why. So. Uh, both guys are pretty versatile. Yeah. Uh, so that's probably why they have that. But uh, those are your two defensive backs. And three safeties, Eric Berry, um, whose career got cut one year short of winning a Super Bowl yeah. with the Chiefs. He's that also kind of scared of horses. Him. Is he really? Yes, he is. <laughs> Earl Thomas. And uh, Eric Weddle, who just, who just retired, retired yep. didn't he? Yeah, and J.J. Watt, Aaron Donald, Von Miller were the three unanimous um, selections on defense. Hard to argue with that. Yep. So. Then I got the uh, special teams up here. Oh, I did not have my special For punters, teams you there. have uh, Johnny Hecker and Shane Leckler. <laughs> A kicker, Stephen Goskowski, who just recently was released. Yes, he was. And Justin Tucker, who's still the best kicker in the game. He was Maybe the, ever. He was the only unanimous, unanimous selection. Part returners, you got Tyreek Hill and Darren Sproles. So yeah, Sproles good. makes it in two different positions. And kick returner, you got Devin Hester and Cordell Patterson. Yeah, not bad. And then your coaches, Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll. Yeah, of course Belichick was going to be it, but... Uh... Looking at the NFC, it'd probably have to be Pete Carroll, wouldn't it? Yeah, one one Super Bowl, got there twice. Yeah. Who else would you no put one, up there? No one out, man. I don't I don't think anyone else. Nobody Ron else Rivera'd, got there twice. Been, no, Ron Rivera had been the only one tenured as long as he has. Yeah. As long as he has. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting list, though. Yeah, it is. wonder who's going to be on it uh, here in 10 years. Well, when we're still doing the Tan and Jay Man show in 10 years, we'll let everybody know. <laughs> Yes, sir. The pod, podcast won't even be a thing then. It'll be something else, something else. Um, but uh, speaking of the NFL, I thought it would be fun to do a little trivia against each other with our favorite I'm, teams. Yes. So I came up with ten Dolphin questions. Some are mixed of more present questions, some historical. You came up with ten Bronco questions for me. Yes, I am really nervous about this because I am admittedly not good when it comes to Dolphins trivia. Uh, much more so for like the Cubs. But, uh, I, I like to think Dolphins. I'm good, but I, I probably not. So uh, there's no uh, true or false, no multiple choice. It's just you know you're either right or wrong with your answer. There, there is one question I have where you have to pick five guys. Well, there, there. Five. I got one that you have to pick a couple okay. teams and a couple guys, I guess. So okay. But as far as multiple choice, I don't give you that. But Correct. My first question for you. The Dolphins joined the AFC East in 1970. How many AFC East titles have the Dolphins won? Oh, I have no idea. Um, how many AFC East? 1970 to 2019 season. 
trying to think. They have not won an AFC's title since 2008. Correct. Um, the Bills ran the East in the nine, early 90s anyway. The Patriots have ran it for the last two decades. <laughs> for the last two decades. <laughs> but the I'm Dolphins going, ran it for a while there, for a little bit. They did their 70s and 80s. I am going to go in that 49-year span. I'm going to say they have won the AFC East 12 times. Oh, what a way. 13. Crap. <laughs> Good so guess. Close. Good guess. I think you can get this one. How many Hall of Famers do the Dolphins have? This includes coaches and players. Um, I have no clue. <laughs> uh, I don't want to go through all of them in my head. It'll take too long. I, I know they're in, I'm pretty sure they're in double digits. Yes. Um, see, we have Marino, Greasy, Zonka. Um, I don't know if you'd count Paul Warfield. I, I didn't mark down who they were. I just marked down the numbers, so I can't help you later. I'm going to go with 15. How about 10? Oh, crap. <laughs> see, I suck. I'm terrible. This one, I know how good you are with numbers. What numbers do the Dolphins have retired? There's three numbers, jersey numbers. Three. Well, 13 yes. is retired. Um, other numbers that they have retired. Man, 12 retired? Yes, Greasy, 12, yep. Um, the next number, who the heck would it be? 39. Yep, you got it. Larry Zonka. J-Man's on the board. Yes, sir. <clears throat> the Dolphins have won uh, two Super Bowls. Who were the Dolphins' MVPs in those Super Bowls? I know Jake Scott won one. Correct. Uh, the other one, though. I'm going to go with Zonka. You got it. He's on the board. 50%. Two for four. Nice. Don Shula had a record of 257 and 133 with the Dolphins. Who has the second most wins as a Dolphin head coach? Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, second most wins. Oh, man. Is it Dave Wanstad? It is Dave Wanstad with a that's record of 42 and 31. Man, that's terrible. Jimmy Johnson's right behind him with like 38. I, I I almost guessed Johnson or even Tony Sperano because he was yep. there like five years. But all right, you're three for five, getting getting up there, passing grade so far. It ain't easy getting better. Who was the Miami Dolphins' first head coach? I literally could not even throw out a name. I have no idea. <laughs> How about George Wilson from 1966 oh, to 69? You know I knew that too. That and then it was seven. Shula forever. So forever twenty. Five, 26 years. All right, you're three for six, but you got this one. What is the current name of the Dolphins Stadium? Hard Rock Stadium. There you go. J-Man. What pick did the Dolphins take Dan Marino in the first round of the 1983 draft? Uh, I think he went 28. 27. Crap. Daryl Green went 28. I couldn't remember how many teams were in the NFL then. Three Dolphin head coaches have won AFC's titles. Name them. Shula. Yes. Uh, Tony, Tony Sperano. Yes. And um, it's got to be Jimmy Johnson, doesn't it? Dave Wanstad. Dave Wanstad did. Jimmy never did. Hmm. 
And your last question. The Dolphins have made five Super Bowl appearances. Name me the five teams they played. They played the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, Super Bowl six. The Minnesota Vikings. Super Bowl eight. The uh, Washington Redskins twice. Yep, Super Bowl seven and Super Bowl uh, 17, I believe. And the San Francisco 49ers. Super Bowl 19, correct. So, All right. I think you got six right, I think. You know, I'll take that. That's a passing grade. Let's see. You got, let's see. You got that one, that one, that one, that one. No, you got five. Five correct. Crap. So That is an F. <laughs> you failed. Uh, <laughs> Any flashbacks right. there? <laughs> Yeah, many flat, many flashbacks, especially when it comes to numbers and stuff, uh, the math. Stuff. All right, I'm ready to embarrass myself. All right, what three teams did the Broncos beat in the 1998 playoffs to win the Super Bowl? 98 playoffs? Yes. The Chiefs? No. Two two AFC East teams, and then of course the Falcons. Two AFC East teams? Yep. Jets? Jets were one of them. Beat the Dolphins? It was the Dolphins. They beat the Dolphins, I think it was 38-3. to Okay. And then the 98 Packers. Nine, 98 Falcons. Falcons, okay. The year before was the Chiefs, Steelers, Packers. Yeah. I got okay. I, I think it was technically the, was it technically the 99 playoffs or 98 99 playoffs. playoffs. Okay, yeah. 98 season. Yeah. Okay. Also, That's in the 1998 season, there were two players that caught at least 10 touchdowns for the Broncos. Who were they? Rod Smith and Eddie McCaffrey? Ed McCaffrey is one, but the other guy is Shannon. Shannon. God. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, for two. Awesome. Number three. On the 2015 Broncos team that won the Super Bowl, who led the team in rushing yards? 2015. C.J. Anderson? Nope. (laughs) Ronnie Hillman led the team in rushing yards. I could not believe it when I saw that. I was looking at my team photo over here, and I saw Hillman and uh, Anderson next to it. I just couldn't think of Hillman. I'm 0 for 3. I am just killing it. During the drive in the 1987 AFC Championship game against the Browns, what player caught the touchdown pass to force overtime? Mark Jackson, former Purdue Boilermaker. Yes, sir. You're on the board. Number five. This this is a yes or no question. Did... John Elway have a winning record, including the playoffs, in his career against Dan Marino. No. That is correct. They only played three times. I knew it was uh, just a handful. And uh, he actually got the last laugh because they beat him in the playoffs. That was his one win. They went uh, one and two. So you are now. Two for five? (laughs) Yes, you are two and three. All right. Who was the Broncos' starting quarterback in their first ever Super Bowl appearance? Craig Morton. You are correct. All right. 1977. He, he got benched in the Super Bowl. He went four for 15 with four interceptions. 
He was so injured he couldn't tie his shoes before the game. His whole body was black and blue bruised. He was in the hospital the week before the Yikes. game, and he somehow talked everybody into letting him play. Yeah. And he he was replaced by Norin, Norris Weiss, who went four for ten for 22 yards. Stellar quarterback great. play there. <laughs> they got killed. Yeah, they got killed in their first uh, – Really, their first, yeah, three or four appearances. Yeah, four appearances. Which is... Number seven, you are at fifty percent. I think looking at, looking at the rest of these questions, I think you might get a better uh, better know. percentage than me. What quarterback holds the record for most passing yards in a single game? In, in Broncos history, yes, it's got to be Peyton Manning. It is not Peyton Manning. It is Jake the Snake Plumber. Hmm. He threw for 499 in a losing effort. Yeah, that was before him. I was. Hmm. I, I would have guessed it was Peyton week one against the Ravens. So that one year in not. 2013. So. Crud, Number eight. There have been eight players to have a 1,000-yard rushing season since 2000. Can you name five of them? For the Broncos. Correct. This is a Broncos trivia. Yes, I know. I'm just... <laughs> uh, Phil Blinsey. Correct. Mike Anderson. Yes, sir. Tatum Bell. Yes, sir. Um, C.J. Anderson. Yep, there's four. Did Noshaw Moreno? Wilson yes, McGahee. There's five. Wilson McGahee is six. Can you name the other two you're forgetting? Um, One, you should get pretty easy and you're just blanking. I know I'm blanking. But you've already got the question Yeah, just right. give it to me. I can't. Clinton Portis was oh, the one yeah. you're blanking on. And Ruben Drone. Ah, yeah. Him, Bell, Anderson, they're all like a collection there for early 2000s. After joining the NFL in 1960, how many seasons did it take for the Broncos to have their first winning record. Oh, God. Well, I know they didn't make the playoffs till 77. <clears throat> I have no, I'm going to say 12 seasons. Pretty close. 14. Ah, okay. They went 7 5 and 2 in 1973. Okay. Dang. Number 10. Um, the last two questions, the uh, quality of question has uh, gotten worse. <laughs> Uh, what is the exact number of sacks Von Miller had in Super Bowl 50? Oh, God. Um, I got two numbers in my head. Um, two and a half. Two and a half is correct. All right. I had two and a half or three and a half in my head. So, And you also got five out of ten correct. We suck. We suck. <laughs> Uh, uh, I, I, my problem with sports trivia is I like to overthink things, but uh, um, but that yeah, was fun. <clears throat> Next week we will do a different sport, different league. All righty. Yeah. You still got to make a book it. What the heck am I gonna book? It? <laughs> uh, I don't know. We we could just do the sponsor read, and you can keep your. I, I think that me. might end up being what we have to do here for the foreseeable future, unless I just come up with just an outrageous book. It there's no sports on. Um, can't leave the house without 
get shot, feels <laughs> like. Um, well, well, the J-Man's Book of Prediction is sponsored every week, even for the foreseeable future, by Indian Farm Bureau Insurance Agent, Agent Travis Watering for life, home, auto, renters, business, workers' comp, and farm insurance. Contact Travis at 219-869-4561. You can also email him at travis.watering at infb.com. What else you got, got for a, us? I was going to say, we got a question from our good friend Evan Webb. He said, or asked us, what would be on our fictional athlete Mount Rushmore? That's a fantastic question. That is a really good question. Well, Rocky Balboa's got to be on there. He is on my Mount Rushmore as well. got to be. I got to have uh, Benny the Jet Rodriguez on there. He is on my, he is on my Mount Rushmore as well. Um... I gotta have Jesus uh, Shuttleworth. See, I have never seen that movie, so I just did it based off yeah, movies. He's Ray Allen, watched. so it's Ray Allen. Yeah, and that's that's a good point. Still not as good a shooter as Eddie Miller. Uh, <laughs> uh, number four. <clears throat> you know, I like this movie a lot, so I'm going uh, with Becky the Icebox off Little Giants. She was oh. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Love that movie. Slightly happy, over Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore is on mine. So there's right, three. At least I, he's represented. I, I have Rocky Balboa, Benny the Jet Rodriguez, and Happy Gilmore. My fourth, Air Bud. Oh, good one. Didn't even think about Air Bud. The dog playing sports. I like that one. What's not to like? I like that one. I I couldn't remember the character off, um, off of uh, League of Their Own. The really oh, good girl. Yes. Uh, yeah. I thought about her, yeah. but I couldn't remember her name. Yeah, I either. couldn't either. Um, who uh, else? There there were a few others. I, I thought of Hen- Henry Rosenbaga. Yeah. <laughs> was on there. Great, um, Rick Vaughn off Major League. Yep. Wild thing. Um, thought about having him. Even on Willie Mays Hayes off, yeah. off Major League. Or, or Pedro Serrano. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he was just a spot hitter. Um, <laughs> That was a good question. It made me think. I was. I, I was blanking for a lot of movies. I just couldn't think. To to be honest, I had to Google fictional sports <laughs> movies and uh, see which ones I'd seen. Because at that at first, like, oh, I got to put Booby Miles on there. No, oh, he's a real character. That's a, that's a true story. And the same thing with the rumor of the Titans. I was going yeah, through exactly. in my head, and I'm like, oh. But and technically, League of Their Own was kind of based off. Kind it was of based off true, true story, story. So yeah. Yeah, but that was a good one. We got about five minutes left, J-Man, and um, I know we still got the birdie bogey, but you got a list. I don't know if you want to use it now or, or I will do one of my lists. So I okay. came up with two lists. One was top five favorite sitcom characters of all time, and then the other was top ten favorite episodes of The Office. I will do the top five favorite sitcom characters. And then next week, if we need some filler, like we do now, um, <laughs> I would do my top ten favorite episodes of The Office. Okay. But starting with number five, Arthur Spooner. Kate oh, he's, he's a great. That show gets canceled in like six episodes if he is not involved. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He is by far um, one of the greatest sitcom characters ever. His, his character on Seinfeld is a lot like Arthur yeah. Spooner, too. His scream like, is just great. He can <laughs> scream and just... His tone's hilarious. He was awesome. Uh, number four, Cosmo Kramer. He's a good one. <laughs> Classic. 
classic, almost an unbelievable character. Uh, but uh, Just go, Michael Richards, go YouTube the Joe DiMaggio sing of Seinfeld. Classic, <laughs> absolutely classic. Number three, Ron Swanson, Parks and Rec. Yes, right. I, that's one series I have not watched uh, completely, but he is good. Be honest, I mean, you you got time. I, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I should better now than never. Go, just go binge it. You can skip season one, and after that, it's uh, smooth sailing. But Ron Swanson, maybe I would say a top three most quotable um, sitcom character ever. Just he has so many quotes. Number two, Michael Scott. Number two, office. huh? Wow, I thought he might number be number one. Two. I mean, hey. Michael Scott's classic. Oh yeah, he's he's got to be on the top five. I mean, talk about great lines, quotable lines. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he would not fly as an actual boss you of the think? office. <laughs> My number one favorite sitcom character of all time, George Costanza. Okay. Gotta love him. Yeah, he's good. He's unbelievable. He's good. Uh, so those are the J-Man's top five favorite sitcoms. I can't really argue with you there. Those are pretty good. Characters of all time. So next good. week, you'll hear my top ten favorite Office episodes if we need them. Which will be interesting, because I, I don't think I could do that, even though I love I, the Office. So. I, I had to go on their IMDb page and look up all their episodes just to remind me. Yeah. Um, although I watch them all the time anyway. I just wanted to get the uh, titles. Sure, sure. Pretty bogey time. So as I said, I watched the movie Glory Road on ESPN on Friday night. Texas Western is one of five schools to win the national title Despite not being ranked in the AP preseason poll, can you name me the last team to do it? It has happened in the last 10 years. I've been going through my head the whole show, the last 10 champions, and I'm having a tough time remembering the last 10 in my head. I'm going with UConn. You are correct. Can I finally name, get a birdie. <laughs> can you name me which year they did it, though? Because they won two of them. Yeah, um... 2000 and the 2010-11 season. You are correct. With Kimba got hot, man. That actually, I was going to say that actually kind of surprised me because that UConn team in 2014 when they won, they were a seven seed when they won. Yeah. That was a good team. They came into the year ranked like 13th or something with Shabazz Napier, which which he he kind of carried them as much as Kimba. They're the program that's been great our lifetime that barely ever gets talked about. And now they're just yeah. kind of mediocre. Yeah. See if that changes with a change of conference here in the year two. So, where are they going? They are joining the. Uh, they joined the Big, Big East? East. Yes, Big are East. Are they yep. good? Yeah. Need to go back to the Big East. Yep. So that, that won't help their football at all. They'll no. stay in the AAC. That's so, good. I, independent, aren't they? Going back to independent. Yeah, football is. Yep. Yeah, Purdue plays their uh, 2021 football out there. So. It's an easy W. Hopefully. But that's going to do it for uh, another episode of the Tan and J-Man Show. Thanks for watching on the IC Sports Network, and thanks for listening on your favorite podcast platforms. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please remember to give us a rating and review. We really appreciate that. And we'll be back next Monday for another episode of the Tan and J-Man Show. Stay health, Stay healthy. Stay safe and stay sane, everybody. Have a great week.